everybody. Get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on this beautiful Sunday morning. Rainy Sunday morning. Yeah, it's really not beautiful. In D.C. I like, just like saying that. Okay. And then people look out their windows and go, where are they brought Oh, my God. Somebody from? brought Pookie in studio. Right. That looks delicious. That could be Hula Girl. Oh, my God. All right. Well, let's get to it. So, uh, Patty Funegra is a social entrepreneur. She's an activist and advocate for economic development in Virginia. But most importantly, she's the founder and CEO of La Cocina VA. It's a workforce and small business development uh, nonprofit that provides vocational training for food service and hospitality folks, English language training, job placement. It's a great thing. We're going to be talking to Patty. We're going to be talking to Christian uh, Irabien, who is her chief culinary instructor, and Shirley Gutierrez, who is one of her success stories in a couple of minutes. Yeah, I'm very excited about this conversation. Laura Hayes actually wrote an article about this organization, and that's how Patty and I got in touch. So I'm really excited to discuss further what you're going to be doing. And as I mentioned, we do have Pokey in studio, and we have Spam in studio, but that is not all that Hula Girl does. Michaela Brennan is in studio uh, with us today, and she is doing so much uh, delicious things at her restaurant in Trillington, and she's going to tell us all about it. You know, when you say Pokey, all I can think of is Gumby and Pokey. Okay. What's wrong with me? It's tuna. All right. <laughs> You want to talk about uh, City Paper? I can talk about City Paper. Okay, so it's that time of year again. With spring comes the City Paper's annual balloting of D.C.'s favorite restaurants. Who is going to be the best of D.C.? And who's going to be crying in their craft room? I don't know. So Alicia Merritt is in studio with us today, and she's going to tell us how it all works. And uh, for all you chefs out there, she's taking bribes. So come on in studio and find out. Big bribes. Big bribes. It's M-E-R-R-I-T. Okay. So, uh, and it wouldn't be a Foodie and the Beast show without a drink segment. So uh, Mike Cordero's in. Mike is a restaurateur. He's a chef. He's got, what, seven restaurants in the D.C. area? A boatload, uh, but he's also started his own wine label, and he's in there, all California wines, and uh, he swears they're delish, so we're in to talk about it. Why don't we start with you, Mike? Wow, so, Mike, fantastic. before we get into your wine, so let's list all your restaurants, because you do have a lot of restaurants in this area. Yes, yes, I do. Uh, primarily, they're in Northern Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, Arlington. We, we start off with Barley Mac, which is uh, American comfort food with uh, an Italian twist. I have Don Tito, which is... Uh, a good tequila watering hole, mm-hmm. along with some Mexican cuisine, Bronx pizza, New York-style pizza, and the famous A-Town, where we're pretty famous for our uh, Sunday fun day. Mm-hmm. And then going Which to... you're starting here this yeah, morning, right? exactly. Without this wine, we got... Right. Okay. So, uh, and then we have Primetime Sports, which has been around for almost 28 years in wow. uh, Fairfax. And then in Old Town, Alexandria, I finish off with Don Taco. But soon to come, we have a restaurant that we're going to open up in Clarendon, right in the heart of Clarendon is called the goat for those of you who don't know what the goat means it means greatest of all time it's going to be a very unique sports bar cool well so with all these properties I mean they're all very different you know you have all different sorts of cuisines and you've got this sports bar motif you got two of them actually or the second one coming up 
Why create your own wine? Isn't there enough wine out there? Um, it's been a passion and actually a golden mine for years. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, uh, before I was really stuck in the restaurants and the day-to-day, -day, um, owning them 100%. Um, just recently, I took on partners, and um, that was able to uh, free me up in some time to do what I really wanted to do. So <laughs> I started researching um, wines, and I felt that um, going around uh, Virginia wines and uh, California wines, I decided to choose a vineyard right outside of uh, uh, San Francisco, um, and uh, it's in so Livermore it in Valley. Napa? No, it's in Livermore Valley, okay. uh, small, right outside of San Francisco. What's unique about this vineyard is called Dorsey Kent Vineyard, uh, which I partnered up with her uh, to create these unique um, uh, wines uh, just for myself. Mm -hmm. um, what's nice is about the climate over there. Um, the climate, it's right outside of San Francisco Bay. At nighttime, it reaches temperature. It, it, uh, it goes down to about 40 degrees. Mm -hmm. uh, in the meantime, at nighttime, okay, um, the grapes... Uh, they become more potent uh, having this soil, this mm -hmm. real clay soil that we have out there. So the wines, uh, I feel, are very, very unique. Uh, right, it's well, been gonna, two years in the process. We're going to come back to you. But so which wine are you going to pour for us first? Um, I'm going to pour the Chardonnay. Okay. And uh, it's been a fantastic uh, outcome so far. And critics have said that this is a super wine because it doesn't taste oaky. It's more of a buttery Chardonnay. Okay, well, we'll get to pouring that, and we'll try that when All we come right. back to you in a little bit. I don't know bit. what the segue is from buttery Chardonnay there to... There is no segue. We just have to go with it. Patty Funegra and La Cocina. Uh, Patty, welcome to the show. Why don't we do a... And Christian a, and Shirley. Well, Christian Say and hi, Shirley. everybody. I, I mean, I already mentioned okay. these guys, but let's start off with kind of a background on you and how this all got started. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, Nikki mm -hmm. and David, for inviting us. Um, this is a fantastic opportunity to share with uh, the D.C. region and all the followers uh, mm -hmm. of yours uh, what we do at La Cocina. And everything started um, a little more than four years ago when I was working at the Inter-American Development Bank, working in international development with projects in different countries of Latin America and the Caribbean, mm -hmm. uh, and feeling that uh, my contribution wasn't really there. I couldn't see it. I couldn't feel it. So just looking back uh, at our backyard, looking at our communities and how much uh, obstacles and challenges they face, uh, I decided to start this um, organization. So initially partnering with DC Central Kitchen, a lovely uh, organization that we, we do all, a lot of work with them. We love them. Absolutely. So they were our partners at mm -hmm. the beginning. Uh, they train our trainers. They helped uh, develop curricula and advise us on, on best practices. Mm -hmm. And that's how uh, La Cocina started. So but what was the mission initially of La Cocina, Virginia? What were VA, I'm sorry. What was it that you were trying to do? Um, the intention and the mission was, and still is, to empower Latinos working mm -hmm. in the food service industry, in restaurants, mm -hmm. hotels, catering companies, with vocational and technical education, okay. with uh, skills, with industry certification and certifications, and with uh, a network, mm -hmm. access to a network of hotels and restaurants that are, we all know, uh, having hard times to find well-trained uh, ready-to-work individuals. No, I mean, people, you know, as the D.C. restaurant industry explodes, and it's not just D.C., it's D.C., Virginia, Maryland. I mean, you know, restaurants are opening up every day, and there's not enough employees to serve or back of the house or front of the house. I mean, there's not enough people, and the training needs to be there. So how do you all do your training? 
Um, and you are making a great point, uh, Nikki, because um, we have been around for a little less than three years, and uh, we are still young and uh, having a lot of success, a mm-hmm. lot of impact. And the reason is because we are serving both sides. We are helping the community with job opportunities, and we're helping the sector also, providing mm-hmm. them, connecting them with right uh, workers. But you already. guys, and Christian, we should bring you into this. You guys are also teaching people about nutrition. And, I mean, one of the problems that we've talked about lots of times here just in D.C., um, uh, in Ward 7 and 8, is that there really aren't any supermarkets, although that's starting to change. And people were shopping at convenience stores and eating foods that were just making, you know, obesity was a problem and and health was a problem. So you're also teaching health skills, really. Yeah, well, a lot of the, a lot of the connections that we, um, mm-hmm. that, that we bring into the, into the program have to do with just that. It's not just teaching people how to work in a commercial kitchen, but also uh, leaving with the knowledge that um, they can, they've seen product, they've tasted product, and that just because you're maybe on a food stamp budget or a very, very low budget doesn't mean that you can't go and get vegetables and cook a, a good meal for pennies on the dollar. No, let's well, so- well I, can we talk about the process? Because, I mean, the mission sounds fantastic, but how, let's talk, let's start talk about how you get somebody in and what the process is. And we have Shirley here who can talk a little bit about that as well. But let's talk about the process. And then, Shirley, we'd love to hear about your experience as well. Absolutely. Uh, We are a training provider in the Uh region. So Uh we access employment centers, community centers, churches, uh, schools. Uh Uh, Facebook, social media is is very powerful, we know. So we get candidates through those sources. Uh, We pre-screen them um, and invite them to participate in the program, which is a full scholarship that that the students access to. So we cover all the costs. We know that otherwise they couldn't access any type of training because Uh they are unemployed or underemployed. So probably training that will cost them is not a priority. Uh, so when we get to that point, we have already in place all these other partnerships, and one is with Capital Area Food Bank, okay. one of the largest food, food banks in sure. the region that provides the food that helps Christian develop menus mm-hmm. that are healthier. The, the intention is uh, including 50% of fruits and vegetables in those meals, so mm-hmm. people that receive those um, that food every day, which are other low-income members of the community, get a healthier um, option to eat and to offer their families. Otherwise, it, it's a um, challenge for them to pay or to access fruits and vegetables. Going to your point, David, food deserts are present in communities uh, that cannot really afford buying mm-hmm. that or this. It's not available around right. them. So that's what uh, Christian, through his menus and training and, and the preparation of food, contributes. Well, let me ask you, where does your funding come from? Uh, different sources. So currently it's mostly from private foundations, individuals, uh, many in-kind uh, donations from uh, Mount Olivet Church is our most important partner that let us use the whole facilities uh, to provide this training. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some funding from local governments that mm-hmm. uh, subsidize and, and cover the cost of some of the students that are eligible and not uh, able to, to reach, uh, to reach um, federal or state funds mm-hmm. uh, yet. But now, let me ask you a question. So when people come to you and they get their scholarship, I, again, I guess what I really want to understand is, is what's the process? Do they decide where they want to go or do you help decide what kind of training is best for them, and 
sort of what sort of track they'll be on? How do you how does it work once you're in there? Yes. So the application process has three different steps. The mm -hmm. first is an initial interview where we try to understand their expectations, mm -hmm. and we also um, ask questions in in relation to childcare. Mm -hmm. to transportation. So okay. when we do finally, when we match that graduate students with an opportunity for a job, mm -hmm. we know that that person could work from four in the morning till, till uh, until at night. Mm -hmm. uh, so they have childcare cover or if, if they don't have um, access to childcare, we connect them with other organizations in the community mm -hmm. that provide some subsidized uh, childcare. Okay. And same thing with transportation. So uh, within those expectations, we understand if they would like to be part of a hotel or maybe a catering company. Mm -hmm. So all those elements are considered when at the end the student finished and, uh, and is ready to work. We apply and thanks to our chef, um, we have implemented a stash period on, okay, on these course. For the so cooking. For the cooking. Sure. So the student goes for a week to a kitchen, and once again, it could be a catering or a restaurant, to, to face, to understand, to be part of a cooking team, mm -hmm. to mirror the chef or the sous chef, and to be part of this small project. So when they come back to us, they are able to tell us, okay, I love to do cold station. Right? Yeah, and, it, and it changes. It changes from... It changes from when they first leave and when they first get to the program where they everybody has all these like grandiose, you know, visions of right. like now I have a chef jacket and a knife kit, so I am gonna do all these things. And as the week by week happens, you start seeing the, the transformation that happens with them and once they get to go on the field and they start paying more attention to what they're doing, what they're cooking, where they're eating, what they're eating. Mm -hmm. Um, all of a sudden, somebody that really wanted to work in a big kitchen now wants to do pastry, or they decide sure. that it's yeah, the, the, the pressure's too big, so they want to do something else. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right, we have to take Huge. a quick break, but when we come back, we want to talk about some of your success and stories, and we want to get Shirley on the yes. air. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be right back. Come to the market at River Falls for the premium meats that make for delicious family holidays. Glorious briskets and short ribs for Passover and succulent lambs, hams, and roast for Easter. Passover and Easter taste better at the market at River Falls. Federal News Radio's longest-running program sheds light on the complex world of an agency CIO. Federalnewsradio.com. Search Ask the CIO. This is John Gilroy. My show, Federal Tech Talk, answers the question, how does technology make life easier for the federal audience? I've spent years interviewing federal CIOs, tech leaders, and big company CTOs. What they tell me is compelling, provocative, and always relevant to the federal government and contractor. Check it out Tuesday and Thursday afternoons at 1 on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM, or download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Federal Tech Talk. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? Um, yeah, I have questions. Prescription drugs aren't as bad as street drugs, right? Weed's legal, isn't it? Drinking is worse than smoking weed, isn't it? Why is heroin At so addictive? Molly just makes you feel happy. I have questions. Mom? Dad, did you ever try drugs? They're going to ask. Be ready. Go to drugfree.org. A message from Partnership for Drug-Free Kids. This is Mark Amtower. You have subject matter experts that not enough people know, sales and business development staff that need deeper connections into client agencies, or do you have content in search of an audience? These are elements of social selling, leveraging LinkedIn to create leads, get recognition for expertise, and influence government buyers. 
With 1.6 million feds on LinkedIn, it is part of the government ecosystem. If you're not making a paid dividends, we should talk. Email me at markamtower at gmail.com. Hey, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking about La Cocina VA uh, with Patty Funegra, who is the founder and CEO, uh, and Christian Irabien, who is the executive chef, chief instructor. And everything else. Probably dishwasher and all that. Um, um, And Shirley. Shirley Gutierrez is here. Shirley, you were described to us as one of their great success stories. So what's your success? Yes, tell us how you got involved with them. Good morning, everybody. Um, Well, I found La Cocina through a friend who was trying to get into the program. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this sounds so good. I don't know if it's real, but I'm going to give it a try. Mm -hmm. So I went to the interviews, like, in order to see where you at and what you want. Mm -hmm. And um, then a couple weeks after I was joining the program, and what were you looking for in the program? I mean, was there something that you thought you wanted to do, or what was the training that you were looking for? I to was get? already working on the food business for about five years before. Okay. Doing like small things and, you know, related to food like daily, you know, um, cold food. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I wanted more, but I didn't have the chance or the money or the people surrounding me willing to teach you or willing to share what they know. Mm-hmm. Basically, you go to the place and they tell you what you do every day. And, and for a lot of cooks and a lot of chefs, start being, uh, you know, bored because it's the same routine. Like a factory job. Yeah. 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 Right. So, but that was not respect for food. So at the cocina, I found that was, you know, they give another um, way to see how to be served food like it's not just dicing cooking throwing things on the pan and make it happen Mm -hmm. it's more like what people is putting in and like i said i'm a single mother uh two kids two Mm -hmm. two girls and i don't i didn't have the budget to pay for a culinary training Mm -hmm. which is like thirteen thousand or more I, i did not have that and i was struggling my own with you know, low income, and that was something that would never happen to me. Mm-hmm. But La Cocina offered me this, so I joined the program for the four months. I did my job training. While I was on the program, I found really good, you know, support through every people who works there. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. I tell you, like, I got sorry if I got on my feelings because amazing things are happening to me. They're like a miracle for my life. They're mm-hmm. angels. So after the La Cocina... I started working for British Lounge in the airport mm-hmm. uh, with $3 more what I used to make at my previous job. Mm-hmm. I was at the, at there for eight months, and I couldn't make many things. Through La Cocina, I had support from orientation, uh, motivation. Uh, they taught me how to be a leader, something that I haven't in it, but I didn't know how to you know, show it off to others. Mm-hmm. I was afraid to speak many other things that are, it's not only about cooking, but it's also about orientation, uh, well, communication. Like advocating for yourself. Exactly. And, and having and confidence. Yes. After being in um, La Cocina, after go to British Lounge, now I recently, a couple of weeks ago, I joined Jose Andres at mm-hmm. the NGM. 
Mm -hmm. I'm part of Fish, which he just got three stars on the, the washing. MGM tonight. <laughs> yeah. We're going to see the 900-year-old share. Good. So <laughs> I, I'm working at the MGM for hosting Andres at Fish, which just got, like I said, three stars on the yeah. Washington Post. Right. And I felt Now, what successful. are you doing? What are you doing there? Well, right now I'm doing like order salads. I'm on a fine station, okay. which is I'm learning, you know, fine dining, which I never thought I was going to do that. Right. And I'm getting to see things that I never saw that it's actually you can put it in your mouth and need it. And um, you are a well, success I think story. we have to say cheers and to that. And this is the best right thing through La Cocina. I'm going gonna to give you this that I have until... No one but my family. Mm -hmm. Through La Cocina, like I said, I got really good motivation. I got really good support that helped me, you know, mentally, physically, and all the ways to look sharp and look successful. I'm going to purchase my house. I already, I'm waiting on the closing day. Right. I just moment of applause. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, a week ago, um, I received a letter from the bank mm -hmm. uh, that is loaning me for the, the house that they're on the process for the closing. They just did the appraisal. So I'm just one sign away. <laughs> All right. Congratulations. Congratulations. Patty, let's come back to you because yes. none of this would be possible without funding. So uh, we've got about a minute and a half here. How does that work, and how do people get in touch with you? Absolutely. We have a model that works that integrates uh, – local governments, private sector, the community, but we are uh, still a startup, mm -hmm. so we still have uh, a huge need for funding. Funding in, in, in checks, funding in food, donations of food. Well, I was going to ask about, so you're in your process of teaching people how to cook, what, are you just walking them through the basics? Like, what is it that you're teaching them, Christian? Um, well, it's very interesting, and what I like to tell people is that about 90% of it is really um, we're building people. We're mm -hmm. not we're, we're building cooks, but we're teaching people how to work in a team, how to communicate efficiently, how to play well with others, how mm -hmm. to take direction and stop being so sensitive all the time. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think the well, sensitive, but, I, but it's <laughs> the hospitality industry, and I think if you're not if you're not brought up with hospitality, if it's not a part of your day to day, it's something that really has to be learned right you know what i mean and kindness and understanding teamwork all of that is very important in hospitality Absolutely. so um i think those are really important factors so and, is caring yeah. well right but it's, it's hard day listening in, day to out, shirley you know? i mean you gave her all of those i mean she already she was halfway there but you gave her the steps to yeah. get the rest so of the way we do yeah we do we do all this training we we do cook food Obviously, mm -hmm. we're not in a restaurant environment, and our budget is very limited, so sure. our menus change from day to day. Uh, one of the great aspects of it is that all of the food that we are getting from the food bank, we've been able to partner up through our network with awesome restaurants that, you know, when they have excess or whatever, we can go up and pick up stuff, minibar being one of our yeah, but best But what are you going to do partners. with all that faux gras? But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we uh, we, liver, we right? teach them how to cook, and we make all these meals every day so we can cover the basics of what's bracing, what's stewing, what's grilling, what's searing. And then what happens with that food? So every single day we push uh, close to 100 meals every day that go out to different community centers for right. families that need food. Mm. So uh, we are huge on trying to control food waste, uh, and where most people or a lot of people see food waste or trash, we see food that mm -hmm. we can turn into um, 
just nourishment for a lot of people that don't have that opportunity. God, it's such a multi-pronged effort. You're it doing is. so many different things. It's so exciting. All right, let's make sure everybody right. knows where you are physically and how to find you online so that... And how restaurants can get involved. Right. Absolutely. I feel like restaurants need to be involved with what you're doing because you can help direct employees to them, and uh, they can also be donating food at the end of the night that can't be used. Absolutely. So, so we are in Arlington, mm -hmm. in Arlington, Virginia. Uh, we are on uh, lacocinava.org mm -hmm. on our Facebook page and website. And what's next for us is the implementation of a kitchen incubator where uh, we will have uh, the chance to increase the number of people we train, prepare more meals that are donated, mm -hmm. but also support uh, small business entrepreneurs. That so is. food trucks and catering companies could come to us in the future, use our space, and get training on how to run a successful business. I love Great. it. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Mike. Mike. Step back up to the mic. Yes, how Mike, you doing? step up to the mic. How are you? <laughs> so, what did you want out of this Chardonnay? What were you looking for? <clears throat> what I was looking for is a very drinkable wine, and I wanted my wine to be, once you open it up, that it could be a, a celebration or something, a table wine, where mm -hmm. it's easy to drink. That's why the alcohol content is not as high, because we try to keep the acidity in in the wine mm -hmm. and uh it's so far it's been doing great at the restaurants and uh, uh you know i'm taking steps by steps uh the next uh, step would be to uh put it in some wine shops in uh in the dmb are you gonna and do to, some wine tastings and all of that most definitely we had a big um launch party uh, about a few about a uh, yeah a few weeks ago mm -hmm. and uh we have over 200 people that have uh, tried all three varietals the the Chardonnay, soon to come, the Pinot Noir, and uh, Merlot, um, and uh, nothing but uh, great response uh, from a lot of wine critics that were there. So I'm okay, very so what pleased. Okay, so what are we going to try next? Uh, we're going to try the Pinot Noir, which okay, is uh, my favorite, actually. Okay, good. So, so um, when we come back to you, you can tell us about the Pinot Noir, what you did, how you did it, and how you got the kind of flavors that you were looking for. Fantastic. Okay, Thank can you. you fill that out for me? All right, Michaela. Right. Come on, Michaela. Hi. Do you want to be over by the drink, Mike, yeah. or are you going to pour the cocktail? Go over there, then. Go over there. Okay, so back in studio. Mahalo. I mean, not that I don't want to sit next to you, David. No, but, Mahalo you know. is thank you, right? Aloha. Yes. Aloha. No, no, yeah. I, I've been to Hawaii. Didn't we go there on our yes, honeymoon? Yes, we went on our honeymoon. I said, really? Mahalo, thank you for giving me the spit thing here. Oh, okay. I didn't know what anyway. you were talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. Hi. All right. Hi. And we know what a nui nui means, too. Do you? It's a rainbow. It's a oh. rainbow, baby. It was the restaurant at the resort. All right, so... We got we got a couple of minutes here. To, I want to know how this all got started. How did you become Hula Girl? So I started a food truck back in 2010. She was um, one of the original food trucks. One of the trucks. original. There was like what 20 of us at that point. Yeah, and it was definitely the Wild West in DC. Uh, so the truck. Um, I started with a consulting business before that, and the economy bottomed out, and I thought, okay, I got to pay the rent. Started the food truck. Thought I would go back to consulting, and then the food truck lines got longer and longer, and I thought, oh, okay, I guess no more consulting. I guess we're going to do the food truck. Mm -hmm. uh, on our peak, we were doing about 200 people a day um, off the truck for lunch, so breaking the laws of physics on a daily basis as well <laughs> with the amount of stuff that we were cooking. Right. <laughs> um, and what were you serving in the truck? So the truck was mainly the plate lunches, mm -hmm. so doing chicken steak, tofu teriyaki's, Doing it as a plate, a salad, a sandwich, doing spam musubi, 
Um, the pokey was something that we would do as a special because I didn't want to have really nice sashimi grade tuna going right. to waste. I mean, I love to eat it, but there's only so much I can take well, in a plus, day. Plus, I feel like when you started seven years ago, I mean, nobody was really talking about it. Now it's no. a super trendy now, dish. Yeah, now it's like all these pokey places are opening up and people are it's throwing. It's just tuna. I know, and they're pouring wasabi peas <laughs> I'm waiting and for someone tapioca to open a place balls on pokey things. And... Man. Okay, thank not you. Funny. Not yeah. funny at all. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny. Um, <laughs> So, okay, so as you were evolving, like, how were you educating the people who were coming to the truck initially, but then when we opened up your restaurant, how are you, like, educating people on the cuisine? So what I thought with the truck was to try and introduce people in an easy way was to do the gateway drug of teriyaki, Mm because I figured most people were familiar with teriyaki, Mm -hmm. and then from there to kind of add in some of the more Hawaiian dishes, so things like the Spam and just trying to get people to buy into it. Because something like spam is definitely a love or hate reaction for most people. Well, I think, honestly, most people <laughs> don't know what it is. Right. I mean, right. I never... Oh, do we have to... Oh, we wait. To... We're yeah. going to come back yeah. to you. We're no going to problem. take a quick no break. Worries. This is David and Nikki Nels with Foodie and the Beast. We're, we're not digging, leaving you. We're digging into some pokey with Hula Girl. We'll be back in just a sec. In today's competitive job market, imagine not having the reading skills needed to even fill out an application. 90,000 adults in D.C. are considered functionally illiterate. It takes a lot for an adult to admit they can't read. It takes even more courage to do something about it. The Washington Literacy Center teaches adult learners to read, giving them options and a bright future. Please give back to the community by donating today. Go to WashingtonLiteracyCenter.org and make your much-needed charitable contribution. Changing lives through literacy. WashingtonLiteracyCenter.org. This is Roger Waldron, president of the Coalition for Government Procurement and host of Off the Shelf. My show brings a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Each week, I talk to experts from inside and outside government about the latest federal compliance and policy information for government contractors. Join me every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 11 a.m. for Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio 1500 a.m. or download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Off the Shelf. Are you or someone you know a victim of crime? If so, call the D.C. Victim Hotline at 1-844-4-HELP-DC. The D.C. Victim Hotline assists victims of any crimes in the District of Columbia by connecting them to resources that empower them to take the next steps toward healing. It's a free, anonymous service staffed with fully trained victim assistance specialists. You can chat online at dcvictim.org or text and call 1-844-4-HELP-DC. That's 1-844-4-HELP-DC. If you've ever worked for a large company that provides services to a customer, at some point you may have said, Huh, I think I might be able to do this better on my own. Well, this is a show for people who actually take the step off the ledge and fend for themselves in the cutthroat world that is government contracting. I'm Alan Scott of Columbia Technology Partners and host Ready to Prime. Part information, part inspiration, and all small business. Heard the last Tuesday of every month on Federal News Radio 1500 AM or on demand at federalnewsradio.com. Search Ready to Prime. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Before we get back to the show, just don't forget the market at River Falls mm-hmm. has outstanding Passover vittles. And uh, for your Easter uh, dinner as well, the market at River Falls is right in the center of Potomac. You can't miss it. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the best specialty markets in the world. Okay. Maybe the best <laughs> Maybe in the, the galaxy. Best. I don't know. No, but, but their menus close. for both Passover and Easter this year are spectacular. So whether you're cooking some of it or you need help with all of it, Definitely check out what they're doing this year to get a little assistance for your table this year. All right. So, Michaela, let's get back to you. All right. So we were talking about pokey off air. 
Yes. So where did pokey come from? So pokey actually refers to a style of scrap, basically. It means raw, and it means to cut. Mm-hmm. So it's what the fishermen would have at the end of the day off the boats. They would toss with the soy sauce and the ginger and the sesame, and it's you're seeing that fusion happen. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing the Hawaiian fishermen taking Japanese and Chinese ingredients and then making it something that's uniquely Hawaiian. Right. And that's kind of what happens with a lot of things that are food uh, groups in Hawaii, such as the spam and such as so many other things. It's an amalgamation of cultures. Okay, but spam, I mean, growing up, spam was like spam. Right. That's so, like a joke. Well, maybe for you guys. Right. For us, it's a food group. <laughs> so why don't we talk about that because when people see spam on the menu do they go say what it's it's kind of a ew reaction a lot of times unless it's somebody that's familiar with it Mm -hmm. and you know it's are you really serving the stuff that comes out of the can Mm -hmm. well yes we are we're not we're we're not making spam in the back and making it fancy it is what it is so what is spam no so spam is it's it's processed meat yeah it's it's ham and pork shoulder so spam Am. So it's what's left over from No, it's not the it's not the hooves and what's No, 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 not the stuff on the floor. No, I mean it's left over yeah. from the it's, butchering it's, yes. process. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, we'll 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 leave it at that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, so but You don't want to know. So you now you opened up your Hula Girl Hula Girl, excuse me, Bar and Grill in Shirlington. Uh-huh. Yes, in the end of 2015. And it's got a super like surfer vibe, yes. little tiki-ish. Yes. But for people who are not familiar, like your menu is not just spam and no. pokey. I mean, you have no. a really we have it's a, a diverse, very approachable menu. Yeah. So we have this great huge wood grill in the back, and mm-hmm. so 90% of the menu is kind of executed off of that grill. So we do at the end of the day, it's great comfort food, but things like a burger, like we make a great burger in there. Mm-hmm. I know everybody has got a great burger around town, but when you get that wood grill uh, hitting the meat, it just adds a whole nother dimension to it. Mm-hmm. But we have fresh fish flown in every single day. I get fresh fish in from Hawaii on a daily basis. So it depends on what the fishermen are catching for me is what we have as our market fish for the night. She even says it right. Hawaii. I know. Hawaii. Hawaii. Um, <laughs> like pokey. And how do you go about sort of educating the public and you i mean you also poured a cocktail here too i sure did so that is our lehi ricky so it's a take on a gin ricky but we're using an ingredient that is very synonymous with hawaii called lehi mui Mm -hmm. which is basically a salted plum okay so it's taking that and making a black plum lehi mui shrub with it Mm. and then putting a little bit of simple syrup some lime juice club soda it's refreshing, it's light, not necessarily on the tiki side of things, but no. it's a great summer-spring cocktail. But, I mean, not all your cocktails are tiki, but they're no. sort of very, like, fun and colorful. Yes, yes. And, and they're um, definitely my take on a lot of things, mm-hmm. so I didn't want to keep too tiki, but still give an homage to right. that's there. Which makes sense. Yeah. I totally get that. And what about, so, like, if people are coming in, because you do brunch absolutely like today, you have, today. You have a ukulele yeah brunch? so on sundays we have live uh, ukulele music from one to three mm-hmm. and we have hula dancing and we have actually hula schools that will come in after their practices and we had like a flash Wait, mob hula. Where are there hula schools what? there's like five or six hula schools around the dmv it's you guys have no idea the hawaii people we're, we're like looking at this as like the 10th island because okay. ninth island is vegas i feel like we're the 10th island people don't realize how many people are here from i'll hawaii. give you 10 bucks to go to hula school i would go to hula school <laughs> i would try it it's it's great exercise right. it's the like Pilani Vaughn was sort of the Woody Guthrie of traditional Hawaiian music. Is he still big? 
I'd say he's 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 big, but but people like he's got to be in his seventies or something yeah, at this point. Yeah, but he's good music. But I think you should come in, and we've got a couple guys that are in there, and it's it's we we also do it on Wednesday evenings as well, and mm-hmm. it's it's we just started it. It's only a couple weeks into doing the live music, but to have like a hula dancing flash mob occur on a Sunday where we had 30 dancers just get up from the table and just were dancing in the restaurant. I mean, I that's, that. where does How that happen? Fun? It doesn't. <laughs> I feel like we have to go and check that out. Yeah. And I'm actually gonna the, wear the little seashell brassiere and a grass skirt and come in and do I that. I actually have a coconut bra that probably might cover it, you up a little further. It might or it might I mean, not, seashells it might not do it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we are, we're still our family restaurant. David. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to people away. <laughs> Now, is your patio open yet? The patio is open, and mm-hmm. it started um, a couple weeks ago when we got that crazy, weird Gorgeous burst snap. of 70-degree weather in mm-hmm. February. But, we, you know, our patio is open. We had a great day yesterday. People had their dogs. You know, it's like 15.8 dogs in Sherlington to, every you know, every fourth, fourth stroller type of a thing. But mm-hmm. it's great. We've got rock star dogs in the neighborhood, so... And All for right. people who don't know where you are, yep. we are at in Sherlington in the village. We are at 4044 Campbell Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, we are kind of in between Guapos and Cheese Teak on that side of the street. Right. So in a really great location. There's free parking over there. I don't think people realize how much free parking is in the uh, center there. So There is free parking? There is free parking. Uh. On Campbell, it's paid, but there's three garages. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's super easy. Super easy. Okay, and it's great. like, what, hop, skip, and a jump from D.C., so... Mm-hmm. Well, I've been in, and I love the place. I think it's so much fun. So, I, I tend right. to like it. I know. It's hard to say <laughs> that with a mouthful. But it's hard to say that with a pokey in my mouth. hard to say that with spam and pokey in your mouth. <laughs> well, much Thank mahalo you. for having me. Yeah, Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much. Okay, Mike, let's go back to you quickly. So tell us about this um, Pinot Noir. The Pinot Noir. Okay. Um, the grapes are coming from, actually, um, Robin uh, Vineyard, which is part of the Dorsey Kent Estate in Monterey. Mm-hmm. Um, what's nice about the, the Pinot Noir is that um, the, the vines were actually cloned. And uh, the Pinot Noir, it's, it's, it's an amazing grape that um, when I was in uh, France, uh, it's amazing how many uh, clones they had of uh, Pinot Noir, mm-hmm. over 300 varieties. Wow. Um, that, how come you didn't that, take us to France, Mike? Uh, well, you know what? That would be the next trip. It better be. Yes, okay. definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I'm packed already. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, what's the last wine you're going to pour for us? Uh, the Merlot. The okay. Merlot is great. Um, <clears throat> these wines are all going to be um, soon, like I said, in the wine shop. Um, the next batch of wines that we're creating, um, the label has a QR code. So when you scan the QR code, all my recipes are going to pop up. So you're drinking a Pinot Noir, you're going to get some wild mushroom risotto. Cool. Uh, if you drink the Merlot, you're going to get some grilled lamb chops, maybe with some chimichurri. So, yeah, I'm excited about that because uh, this way I can incorporate uh, my chef side of uh, making the well, wine. Well, I also think it's a great way to communicate with people. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, there are people who pick up a bottle of wine and really don't know. You yeah. know, and it makes it super approachable. Yeah. Okay, and, great. We're going to let you pour that? Sure. And then when you come and back, we'll, come we'll back talk about your label, which okay. is yeah, cool. Which Fantastic. Is so All right. So Alicia Meredith is with the D.C. City Paper. Welcome. Hi, this is your, You're Thanks a Beauty and the me. Beast virgin, aren't you? This is the first time, right? First time. All right. Well, God. welcome. Yeah. But I Get think you've ready. been well indoctrinated here. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've had I mean, some you've wine. been well fed. <laughs> right. you, know, you had some cocktails. You had some spam. I couldn't ask for more. Did you drive or Uber? Because We advise people to Uber. Nicole, we're going to have to put that in our housekeeping notes. From now on, Uber. Yeah, deal with Uber. All right, so let's talk about 
the you know the the best of DC celebration and the mm-hmm. competition for readers to you know it's a it's mm-hmm. a it's a I don't know if the Russians will you know you know break in and affect the voting, but it's for readers to pick their favorite restaurants. So yes. give us the whole story. Mm-hmm. So um, voting is actually closed. Um, it started in January, right. goes for six so weeks. So you missed it. Yeah, so um, all the results are in, um, mm-hmm. and they will be out in the issue on April 6th. Well, so for people who didn't vote or maybe did vote, can mm-hmm. you explain the process? Yeah, sure. So it's completely user-generated. Um, you know, it's there's no nominations. Everyone has a chance. So we have about 50,000 readers who vote in um, mm-hmm. with over 500,000 votes. And um, it's all, you know, based on their opinion. And we have 256 categories, um, food and drink, arts and entertainment, goods and services, people and places. Well, plus, I have to say, it's a real machine for you guys because Mm -hmm. all the people who want to be nominated are, like, pushing it out on social media, Twitter, Mm -hmm. Facebook, Instagram, not, you know, nominate us as the best. Get those subscriptions Mm -hmm. going. You know, nominate us for this, nominate (laughs) us for that. So I think it's an incredible engagement for you and your readers, but also for the restaurants, ooh, excuse me, and their their patrons because Mm -hmm. it's a constant way to keep the communication open on, you know, something important. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's very, you know, gets people excited. it's definitely our biggest time of the year. You know, it's pushed out on social media. We have it, you know, all over the newspaper, mm-hmm. um, Is online. it just confined to D.C. restaurants, or is it the region? No, so it's um, the total DMV area. Got it. And it's not mm-hmm. just restaurants. It's yeah, not everything. just restaurants, bars, you know, bars, music venues, um, museums, galleries. Charities, um, right? Charities. What's the best charity? Mm-hmm. Is somebody's name in here? La Cocina right. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so 256 categories um, of just everything that people love about D.C. And how do you pick those categories? Um, we have... I mean, do they change every year? They do change. We look to see, you know, maybe a category only got three votes, you know, or... Right. But then, say, best restaurant gets, you know... 5,000 votes. It's so. too late to influence us. Our, uh, influ- our son is the AGM at Red Hen, so I was going to put in a... Well, and honestly, I think we missed the boat because I don't know if there's best radio show on there, but clearly... There is. Uh, how about the only radio show? What other radio show does food and wine? We would win. Well, I'll send you your widgets for next year. Next year. Next year. Next year. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about the process. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about, like, what happens next. Exactly. Okay. All right. Perfect. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a minute. The District Alliance for Safe Housing, also known as DASH, is kicking off its 10-year anniversary celebration with a DASH for DASH 5K race and 1K fun run walk on Saturday, July 29th. DASH is the largest dedicated safe housing provider for survivors of domestic and sexual violence in Washington, D.C. Visit dashdc.org slash events to sign up for this fun race. It's a certified course on the Metropolitan Branch Trail near Rhode Island Avenue Metro Stop. Sponsorships available. dashdc.org slash events. I'm Aileen Black. And I'm Gigi Shum. Together, we host Women of Washington. You'll hear the inspiring and amazing stories of women who have paved their own path to success and achieved incredible milestones in their careers. Some have leaned in. Others took an unconventional approach. All have made an impact on the business landscape of Washington, D.C. and beyond. Tune in Wednesday afternoons at 1 for Women of Washington, Federal News Radio, 1500 a.m. Download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Women of Washington. Come to the market at River Falls for the premium meats that make for delicious family holidays. Glorious briskets and short ribs for Passover and succulent lambs, hams, and roast for Easter. 
Passover and Easter taste better at the market at River Falls. Premature birth is the number one killer of babies. Those who survive often face birth defects and complications that affect them for life. For hundreds of thousands of families in the United States, this is the hardest thing they will ever have to face. And it's even harder on the baby. March of Dimes is providing education and support to families and funding life-saving research to give every baby a fighting chance. You can help. Do something today. Give them tomorrow at marchadimes.org slash tomorrow. One-on-one -on -one interviews with executives who manage the inner workings of the Defense Department. Federalnewsradio.com. Search on DOD. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Before we get back to Alicia and uh, the D.C. City Papers uh, competition, I just want to thank the folks who sponsor the show, our friends at ProFish, Celebrity Cruises, the mm -hmm. Market at River Falls, and Central Farm Markets. Yes. Uh, yeah, and if you're not a sponsor, shame on you. <laughs> Call me, baby. I'm waiting. <laughs> Operators are on duty now. So, Alicia, let's get back to you. Some of these, First of all, these categories are great. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking at best places for wings or soup or tater tots. Mm -hmm. I mean, say what? You know, <laughs> it's great. Kid-friendly. But are you doing some of it just to be, like, irreverent or, like, because the city paper mm -hmm. is known for its, you know, sort of dry approach yeah exactly do you know what i mean like snarky mm -hmm. and right. yes well and, and i say that in the most positive mm -hmm. way obviously so mm -hmm. is that part of the fun of doing the best of it is um you know it's a way for us to engage with the community and the businesses and mm -hmm. really give everyone a chance you know yeah some of our editorial can be a little snarky but but it's i mean but it's fun i mean you know when it's right. like you get a humor right um so but this just gives you know bars, restaurants, venues, you know, their own platform and for our readers to vote in for what they love best. Now, so now that the voting is done, mm -hmm. now we're focused on the event coming yes. up. So let's mm -hmm. talk about the event. It's on April 6th. Mm -hmm. but that's when the winners are announced too, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. So who who goes and what's there mm -hmm. and how does it work? Mm -hmm. So um, it will be at Carnegie Library. This mm -hmm. will be our fourth year at Carnegie. We're really mm -hmm. excited to be back. Mm -hmm. um, and... You know, tickets are, um, we do GA, VIP, um, but, you know, it's... Okay, general admission. Yes. For those yes. who don't Very know. General admission. <laughs> you know, she looked at me when she said VIP. Yeah. I feel yes, good. yes, you do look VIP. Right. Um, but, so, the event starts at 6 p.m. Uh, that's when VIPs get in. Um, tickets and what are, do VIPs get? Um, so, we do... They have the first chance to go around to all the different restaurants, mixologists, you know, see mm -hmm. our sponsors and fun activation well, ideas. So let's start right there. Mm -hmm. How many restaurants? We have about, um, at, we're still, you know, ish, ish around 40. Okay. And how mm -hmm. many mixologists? Um, I ish. believe around 20. 20 ish? Mm hmm. Mel Gold? In the corner, yes, yes, funny-ish. Yes. Okay. Nobody puts Mel Gold in the corner. Exactly. <laughs> so, so the primary focus of the event, though, is eating and drinking. Oh yes, right. Mm -hmm. And then, when is the big announcement made? Well, so our issue actually comes out that day. Okay. Um. So, and it's going to be online in the newspaper. Um. So everyone will pretty much know, you know, if they did their due diligence mm -hmm. and, you know, looked at the winners. Look it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's your role at the paper? We didn't even get around. Are you a food writer? I am you... not. I am um, senior account executive. Um, so I sell the sponsorships. Um, you know, I do the advertising in the paper and online. Well, mm -hmm. so. you're the one that makes it work. Yes. Right. 
All right, bring the so, money in. <laughs> so um, and we should talk about how to get tickets mm-hmm. and all of that. How yep. does that work? So we still have tickets available. Um, VIPs are 110 and then GA is 70 General um, admission. Yes, sorry. General admission. Well, and wait, did you say so, that because you keep forgetting? Or? No, I just huh. don't know if people know that. So wait, <laughs> I'm looking at like some of the notes you guys sent. What's with the scotch? You're pouring specific scotch, McKellen? Yes. Is bringing in like a twenty and a twenty-five year scotch that's mm-hmm. being poured in the VIP room. Okay. Apparently, it's very hard to find that anywhere. Okay. Um, and Jack Rose will be doing a kind of a cocktail with them. Um, so VIP is actually great. There's a room that has some special eats and things like that that you only get access to if you're if in you're the VIP. VIP. Um, and you also get a goodie bag. Ooh. Um. There's a swag. lot of there's we a lot of good swag. Bags. Okay, and we want to do Thanks a shout to out to uh, District Donut because they brought some beautiful donuts in. Well, Mel brought the beautiful donuts from District Donut in today. Um, and what is their role? They're just going to be there. Yeah, so they'll have a booth there serving you know their donuts mm-hmm. and along with you know about forty other restaurants. All right, before okay. we let you go, I want to talk about there are two other things here. Boozy milkshakes. Mm-hmm. Now, I, again, is, uh, do, are, are readers suggesting categories? And that's where that came from. Yeah. No. So we at City Paper, we have a team, you know, who have came up with different categories for the past nine years. Okay. Um, and so they've changed a little bit. Um, you know, some have come, some have gone, but we also, you know, whatever. We got a vision trends. of somebody sitting there who's hiding his booze in his milkshake. <laughs> going, yeah, we ought to do boozy milkshake. Yeah. No, we try to stay with the hello. trends. Have we not been doing this show for over eight I years? Know, We've I had know. tons of boozy milkshakes I in here. I just think it's a very interesting, very vertical category. Does everybody disagree with me? No. no. All right. Nobody agrees with you, like actually. It. It's the thing. I mean, no, lots Cater of people tops. do it. I like it. Well, I mean, I think they're showing up on menus in lots of different capacities. The question I have, though, because some of these um, nominations are so, so, like tater tots, for example, mm-hmm. or or even the boozy milkshakes. I mean, you would have to, as a layperson, you would have to be super aware mm-hmm. of people who do serve those items. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And where mm-hmm. you've had them. Mm-hmm. So I guess you see that reflected in the nominations. Right. Um, well, and so that's where it comes in with the votes. Like mm-hmm. every year we, you know, reevaluate what's popular, what's not, what's trendy, what's not in anymore. Right. And just kind of go off of that starting, you know, in December and try to get, you know, the 256 categories that are relevant now. Is there ever a place that gets um, nominated that you award, that you make an award for that you're like, seriously, I can't believe <laughs> people voted for this? Um, I mean, yes. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm not going to name any names. But... No, no, no. Wait, maybe we'll bring you back when we have the list, so then we can really grill you and be like, seriously, why did this person? No, I'm just joking. Well, because well, like they campaigns and they get, Right. I mean, it's know, not all authentic. It's a friends and family mm-hmm. pick, right. but... It's all user-generated. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't – it's all about the people and who gets the most votes. Okay, cool. So give the the, uh, information for getting tickets one more time. Yes. So you can just go to WashingtonCityPaper.com, go to Best of D.C., and Mm -hmm. you can get tickets right there through Exorbia. Um, And like I said, you know – GA is 70, general admission, $70. VIP Ellis, boy. I just don't want people to be confused. Uh, it's no just sound, it sounds like it's a ton of fun. All right, <laughs> thanks yeah. very much. Thank, Thank you. you for coming All right, in. let's go and back to the wine man. They should not be 
ensconced in that box. I feel like you need to let them free and let other people in the studio taste them. All right, Mike. Yes, the wine. So now it. we're. So you well, said I the Merlot. Talk, I want to talk about the label because the label, the, the very strategically designed label. Explain it. Definitely. Um, so uh, the vineyard, it's uh, it's unique because um, we have a winemaker and an artist um, mm -hmm. at the wine uh, vineyard. And uh, she does a lot of paintings and rendering. So what I wanted uh, in the wine label itself, I wanted something to justify, you know, being a chef. So I wanted something farm to table. So if you look at the, if you look at the label, um, we have a farm to the right. In the background, we have Rosalind, Arlington, and Washington, D.C., which I feel that I had to incorporate that because of all my restaurants and, uh, and the success that I've had in, uh, in the D.C. area. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's very unique. A lot of people uh, talk about it. It's a it's a conversation piece. And well, they're very pretty. Yeah, thank they're you. Really beautiful. Thank you. And uh, uh, you know, Dorsey Kent, uh, she's uh, uh, the painter herself, mm -hmm. along with uh, Julian. We have a Hungarian um, um, winemaker um, that came from uh, Hungary. Um, that We've had Bulgarian and Hungarian winemakers on the show. I just so want to say, yeah, okay, Hungary yeah. is usually where Hungarians come from. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> So yeah, they're they're you know they're f fifth generation uh, winemakers, um, mm -hmm. and they bought their uh, their knowledge from uh, Switzerland uh, to create uh, the Dorsey Kent along with uh, the Cordero wine label. Now let's talk about the Merlot that you poured because you said it's a sleeper. What did you yeah, mean? Yeah, I that? think it's a sleeper. You know because I think uh, the Merlot has lost a lot of steam. Uh, people are drinking, uh, gearing more towards the Pinot Noir. And um, do you think that's sure. because of that movie Sideways? Um, Primarily, I Not think anymore. it's just I think I think it's just because the young uh, millennials and uh, and the younger generation is uh, you know gearing more towards the Pinot Noir mm -hmm. um, because it's lighter. Well, yeah. things are in and out. Chardonnay used yeah. to be, I mean, in the eighties, you the know, 80s you went it was out, Chablis. you went out for Chablis or Chardonnay, mm -hmm. and uh, and That's you right. know, and and what's broccoli cream of broccoli soup or whatever. I don't know. Well, I didn't know. go out. Yeah, like it's that crazy. Maybe. I mean, you were 20, a baby then, but uh, 25 years ago, I owned an Italian restaurant uh, called Bravo's, and uh, I had uh, Francesco Bola from Bola Wines back mm -hmm. then, and uh, you know that was the wine that, that was to the drink. wine. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Those uh, were the days, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but the Merlot, it's uh, it's the reason why I say it's it's unique. Um, I was only going to carry a red and a white, which would have been the Pinot Noir and the Chardonnay, just to mm -hmm. start off with. And I was going to add to the portfolio. But when I tasted the Merlot, it was amazing. And I think what sets it aside is the it's the aging process. Uh, we age it in uh, French oak uh, for 14 months. Um, that gives it uh, such a unique taste that um, it has a full body. And, uh, no, it's uh, really it's, nice. You know, sometimes Merlot can be um, super jammy, and uh, it makes it feel like it's dyeing your teeth red. But this is – it's not – it's a real drinkable wine. And that's what we were getting towards. I wanted to have something drinkable. Mm -hmm. And everything. I mean, you know, again, the Pinot Noir, you know, you could drink with fish, you can have it with meat. Sure. Uh, but the Merlot, you know. Well, we're to... almost done, so I want to make sure people know how to. How yeah, to so they can find, find this in all your restaurants right now, That's right? That's correct. Um, they can go on the chefcordero.com also uh, mm -hmm. to get more information on the wine label itself. And uh, soon to come, it'll be in wine shops and uh, working on other. Uh, little venues with uh, other restaurants right now that are going to carry it. Cool. Which is great. Well, mm -hmm. it's so nice for people who are local to carry local producers. You yes. Know, it's not just about local wines because you have the Virginia wines, the Maryland wines, obviously, but like 
since you're doing it as a local producer, it's great that you can do that within the community. Fantastic. Yeah. You know? And that, you know, I've always been an advocate of, uh, you know, supporting the locals. So mm -hmm. I'm right. hoping that I get it in return. Well, it's Cordero <laughs> wines and yes. they're delicious. Uh, All right. We got to kind of wrap up. Every, wrap up. Everything you guys heard about uh, today on the show, you can find on Nikki's website, thelistareyouonit.com. Mm -hmm. Follow her on Twitter. Follow her on WTOP every week. Uh, Thursdays at 1140, uh, 12.40, 12.40. Mm -hmm. I don't know what time. It's daylight savings time. It's okay. And that's it. Okay. And so we want to thank everybody for coming in studio today. This was such a fantastic show. And next week will be no slouch either. We are going to be doing a little skincare in studio with the Mandarin Oriental. And uh, there is a new wine on the market that works with charities. So we have uh, the maker of the wine coming in studio to talk about how she is doing charitable wines. So we'll be getting into all that. Again, we want to thank everybody for coming in studio today. We appreciate your time and we hope all of you out there have a delicious week.